Welcome back to the F1 Files, folks. I am your host, Corey Willis, and joining me is the other host, the co-host, if you will, John Lapore. John Lapore. What's there he up? Is. Yes. <laughs> what's what's up, buddy? How we how we doing? How we doing this week? Doing great. Doing great. Uh feeling good about the the current state of affairs. Feeling good about uh these car launches, these gorgeous car launches. Um but uh yeah, I was, yeah. I, I was going to say it's it's a it's a Sunday night. It's mm-hmm. Sunday February 13th. We have all uh, just you love know, recently air. been <laughs> love is in the air. Uh, <laughs> romance is at an all time high. We've <laughs> we've as a as a country just all joined together to recently witness one of the greatest, most significant events in modern sport mm-hmm. in a way that's not just sport. But that that is a hybrid of entertainment yeah. at the highest possible level. Yeah, and of of course, I'm talking about the reveals of oh. these individual Formula One cars. Oh, that's with right. These incredible top flight presentations that are not at all super cringy. And, no, no, uh, very easy to watch. Um, yeah, yes. Super, but hold on. Very informational. <laughs> very informational. Uh, but before we jump into that, let's just, uh, we got to let the folks know what the, what the fuck they're listening to. Um, uh, I think I'm going to keep with the tradition of dropping an F bomb as early in the episode as possible. Uh, to let the folks know what the tone is, but uh, this is a Formula One podcast hosted by just two uh, best buds, uh, best childhood friends, um, uh, a bit of a, a, an odd couple pairing when it comes to Formula One fans. Um, uh, but, uh, we, uh, yeah, no, I was thinking about this this past week. I was like, John's really big into like the aesthetics and the feel and like the spirit of the sport. And, uh, I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm just like very much a technical, uh, uh, aficionado. I love me some technical speak. Um, the deeper I go down a YouTube technical, uh, hole, the better that sounded horrible. Um, but, uh, so disgusting. uh, it is it is disgusting um i'm disgusting uh but we are we're we're gonna analyze um uh the races this this year in the upcoming 2022 season we will be looking at the races that have happened in the previous weekend when they have happened uh we'll also take a look at either a driver or a team or a component of f1 uh that stands out and that maybe is otherwise somewhat inaccessible to the the uh burgeoning fandom in the united states here uh, and then we'll make some upcoming predictions uh, uh predictions about the upcoming race week i should say uh so that's going to be what we normally do but we're still in the preseason john we're still in this like release yeah, this is such a time. weird yeah. weird stage of the game uh because mm-hmm. i think there's all this like pent-up excitement uh and there's only very minor molecules of information that are coming out but it's fun you know it's 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 almost more fun because those little pieces each little droplet that mm. comes out of the formula 1 machine is like dissected and analyzed and thrown under a microscope uh there's there's, there's a so lot many to, ways. to 
yeah there's there's yeah. a lot to factor in and, and think about so uh, but, uh what's what where where are we at right now what's the what's what's going on in the world of f1 well the most recent thing that has happened we're going to go in kind of a, a reverse chronological order of the week here uh we had the uh the cars come out uh, a few car reveals uh as we noted there were some cringeworthy media events um uh the the most recent to have happened was the mclaren uh release the mclaren reveal which was i think slightly less cringy than the aston martin one in my did, opinion did you watch all of them oh you better believe i did I, I, mean, I only watched i watched the the red bull one and after that like i couldn't take anymore i was i was yeah. like i'll i will read the summaries i will go That's, to you know uh, to to Craig Scarborough and see what he has to say about this stuff, and yeah. uh, the, it it just like once it got into you know the lights and the I mean yeah. so elaborate, yeah. so yeah. so done up, yeah. Oh, I and suffered then always, through all of them, and and always capped off with like, and drivers tell us how excited are you about all of this, and they're all like, can can we just get the hell out of here? This is it, this is so weird. It really is <laughs> such a it's such a fun uh it, it, like social experiment to watch all of the the drivers because this is the thing is we're so used to like pageantry uh in especially in the u.s as like sports fans like i mean it was the super bowl today uh, uh i mean just look at pageantry that's like that pageantry personified that's not the right word but like um uh in like the the distilled version of american uh sports pageantry just happened today uh so the pageantry that goes into the presentation of these cars the engineers know exactly what these cars are going to look like. the team principals tend to know exactly what these cars are going to look like the drivers don't really know exactly what the car is going to look like other than what the uh the the cfd which are the the computer generated images uh, and some of the scale models but there it is fun to watch a racing driver see the car in real life for the first time and mm-hmm. all they want to do is get in that car and drive as fast as they can uh at, at a corner that is so gnarly and just see what that car can do so it is very funny to watch just them like watch the lights go up on their eyes and then within a few seconds they're just like over it so over it um it's it's funny too cuz you see this a different sort of attitude from different drivers i think you mm-hmm. know you see someone like sebastian vettel and you get the sense that he wants to know every single thing that's happening yeah. under the skin of the the car and you, and there's someone like Daniel Ricardo and I I don't mean this to hold anything against him because this guy is a, he's I think one of the best components of the sport that we have today but he's like uh, w- are they V6s this year yeah. what's going on I'm not I'm not really I just it it goes fast when I'm in it um Yeah and, it goes and fast I, and I when I hit the brakes uh they lock up if I hit them too hard. They're, they're called brakes, right? That's the <laughs> yeah, technical yeah. term. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That I think that that is like such a beautiful, purest. Like it's such a a wonderful look at the the level of purest that exist even within the racing drivers. Uh, like Ricardo being like kind of like the cowboy, just get me in a get me in a car that goes fast, and I'll show you how fast it can go. And then there's Seb, who's like I 
quite literally, if I could, I would like to see the technical specifications of this vehicle so that I could better understand it before I even before it even turns over and I get to hear that engine note. Like they're both equally as pure in the sport. Like, uh, which, hey, that creates that beautiful range, right? Uh, uh, just like the range of fans that we have. Um, uh, um, yeah. So let, let's let's talk briefly about the McLaren release here. Um, can you tell us about the Golf livery, John? Uh, I I I I know a little bit about it, but I held off on like going into the actual research of it because I assumed that you probably had a pretty good idea of what this uh what this livery means and why people are so why you hear whispers in the F1 community of the golf livery. Oh, McLaren's not bringing back the golf livery. Oh, they're bringing back hints of the golf livery, but it's not real. There's a bunch of weird things that happen at the crossroads of I guess just aesthetics and mm-hmm. motor racing or even just automotive culture in general and the sort of celebration of certain liveries, certain uh color schemes that are derived from the sponsors who are basically just paying to put advertisements on the car but it ends mm-hmm. up, you know, over a certain period of time, I think triggering a certain like fondness or connection with the vehicle because the vehicle was performing well like the you know during Senna's era those McLarens having that Marlboro red and white paint scheme on them it's a beautiful it's look or it's a really yeah. it's a really cool look there's even there's somebody that's taken their um McLaren Senna road car and painted it up in that in that scheme and it it looks amazing it looks so cool and i don't think it's cool because it's like the colors red and white are cool or having them have that sort of like triangular or bow tie marlboro like shape is like oh that's objectively a beautiful shape or pattern it's just because we have this like connection or this association with that being tied to this legendary vehicle Right. And and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's I think it's awesome. So the Golf livery, uh, Golf has sponsored many cars in mm-hmm. many different kinds of racing. Uh, I, the Golf livery's been on all different kinds of cars, most prominently, and it wasn't the it certainly wasn't the first time. But I think where the Golf livery kind of burned its way into uh, people's psyche was with the Ford GT40 racing in Le Mans. And I, I want to say right. it was okay. I, and, and it wasn't the very first year that they were racing at Le Mans, but it was it was a few years in. And I believe it was even further immortalized in the film Le Mans. The featured mm-hmm. car has that golf livery. Now that livery ever since then has been seen on all different kinds of cars. Uh, Porsche 917. Um, there's even a uh, a McLaren F1 uh, that was that was running in Le Mans that had a Golf livery, and it's you know it's this very striking livery. You've got this sort of no, baby sorry, blue. Just, just to real quick, um, uh, because you said something that happens often, I think, in this sport is you said the McLaren F1 was running in the Milan, yes, um, Le Mans rather. Uh, so it, the McLaren F1 
is a model of the McLaren road car. It's not the F1 car yes. that McLaren runs. It's an actual street production car that is uh, that is notoriously uh, fast and like race ready, but it is not the actual F1. So just, Meg- just wanted to clarify yeah, that. Yeah. Ran- random tidbit. They had to detune the road car when it was competing at Le Mans. Uh, to fit into its class uh, and it still dominated it absolutely destroyed super super epic super epic car uh but i i digress the the yeah. uh the gulf livery uh traditionally bright baby blue with a bold orange stripe these are like full-on skittle colors so not uh, and, the, is and, it the papaya though? Like because I know that that's like people okay. are like the McLaren so, papaya. It's not the same orange though, right? Well, all right. So I don't think the new McLaren uh, that was unveiled this past week, the car mm-hmm. they will be racing all season. I don't think it is intended to be a full on Golf livery. I believe Golf has some level of sponsorship with the McLaren team, but it's nowhere near as big as their, you know, their, their much more dominant, um, you know, uh, main sponsors. Uh, like it's like, n- like, like McLaren automotive group. So that, that was part of the, the re- reveal this week was they revealed the, um, they have, uh, an Indy car. McLaren is now like the principal sponsor of an Indy car, uh, uh, company called arrow. They- and they, they now have, their specific car they also have an extreme e um so that's like the all hybrid all electric uh sustainable race uh series um so yeah it's not just the mclaren f1 group that they have a partnership with they have a partnership with the whole yeah whereas everybody else was taking the sheet off of a a single car mclaren Mm -hmm. was effectively taking the sheet off of like shaquille o'neal's gigantic bed and there was like five (laughs) cars underneath it yeah uh, yeah. hiding under there and uh all like shack Shack cars in his no but all like shack level cars though like yeah 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 the most ridiculous i hope none of them are leaking oil it would be no super hard to get out of the satin sheets and whatnot but uh so (laughs) so we've got so we've got this Suite of McLarens, they mm-hmm. all have a super striking livery, which is being touted as a golf livery. I don't think okay. it's, I think it's meant to be a little bit of an ode to the golf livery okay. because it is, it is, the car is predominantly orange, which is the right. McLaren papaya orange traditional for, for McLaren. Um, and it, they, they are playing up the blue accents and i'm trying to figure out if there's another sponsor that they have that has a you know that sort of baby blue in their color scheme it's it's hard to tell with all the freaking i don't you know the the car is sponsored by cnbc i don't understand that see that's that uh, that kind of that brings up like a a tiny little uh we can go down this uh as a bit of a tangent is the so so many of these cars, uh, aside from one specific car, the Haas that we had uh, mentioned uh, last week, um, having 
basically one sponsor is their principal sponsor is their only sponsor. Groups like McLaren have sponsors that they run their uh, and in addition to these liveries, they have actual logos of teams that they then incorporate into those liveries. And that's what you're saying. That's what we're talking about here is we can't discern whether or not there is an actual company that has this baby blue or if it is just kind of like a a tip of the cap, a, a, a nod at the Monaco. It's, it's I think I think it's certainly intentional. It's certainly mm-hmm. like trying to pull from the equity of the Gulf livery. But there's also there's no giant Gulf logo anywhere on the car. No, um, no. And so it's it's you know it's a little it's a little more casual than when uh, Williams were running their Martini. Uh, scheme another famous racing livery oh, yeah. with a tremendous pedigree pedigree that they put on their car and that like immediately made the car you know to people that are familiar that are part of this world it immediately makes the car just have this sort of like sex appeal uh it's it's yeah. almost like you know certain brands uh that i don't fully understand like you know gucci or louis vuitton where like they don't even have to be aesthetically pleasing anymore it's just like the presence of those logos or whatnot like people are just like oh that means this heritage and this history and enough. That, you know yeah. all of this stuff um yeah i, yeah. I watched uh, house of gucci last night i was, was gonna awful. say i feel uh, like you just, yeah this, this feels, this feels uh, tip of the tongue uh, um so uh uh let's um uh that that's interesting with the gulf livery it's definitely something that uh i kind of want to pay attention to uh, just as like the acknowledgement of the old school and also trying to like fold in this new fandom, these new folks who may not know what this is there. It's such a weird thing as someone who is, uh, who's more focused on the technical aspect of it. Like when these things happen, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? What do you, what is, Oh, right, 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 right. That thing. Um, but a, a new fan is going to be like, what the fuck is the golf livery? the monaco gp oh there's a yeah. race in monaco okay what what does this have to do with anything that, that you know? particular shade of orange and blue are incredibly garish and yeah. you know mean <laughs> nothing to me it's i mean it's 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 got to be so hard to create yeah. these liveries to make these cars cool because I, I i don't know every aspect of what goes on to to end up with their final product but i have to imagine that all of the sponsors get involved and they're all struggling yeah. and saying, oh, no, we want, you know, make sure our logo is positioned here and has to be at least this size. But also we want this color to be under our logo. And then a different sponsor says, well, our logo needs to be here, but we like to have our brand color underneath our logo. And like, you know, yeah. all of these different factors that come in that have to make it so difficult to make a a striking uh, livery. Do you have a, a favorite livery from recent recent eras of Formula I mean, One? I loved when the Renault came back in and had just those yellow. Co- like I loved mm-hmm. the black and yellow. Um, that is, personally, that's my I have my my preferred color scheme is the yellow and black. That's like I like that on vehicles. Um, specifically, like the yellow bird kind of like is one of those things that just like, mm-hmm. sticks out in my head when I'm like. Audi, like auto pedigree i think of the porsche 911 like the yellow bird the just beautiful yellow screaming um uh with like black rims uh which is what i had on my subi back in the day uh and so when renault came back and had their their gorgeous looking uh uh strikingly different looking cars i loved that um but that that's that'll never come back that's gone forever um yep 
I can't imagine that they'll, I mean, they're now so pivoted so hard into Alpine that like, we'll never go back to that look. Um, uh, but oh, so the, the rest of the McLaren, there's more with the McLaren here, just to, just to finish up mm-hmm. here on, on my end, the, the technical, uh, changes that have taken place with the McLaren are fascinating to me because so many teams, uh, go traditionally with these push rod and pull rod suspensions, uh, and, uh, McLaren has inverted that setup. So, uh, normally there is a, a push rod, uh, suspension, um, that they would have in the front and then a pull rod in the back and they've inverted that uh and that all has apparently has to do with like packaging which is what everyone or like the the experts are saying uh, or the people in the know um but ultimately what that means is it's all developed uh just to make sure that airflow is uninterrupted off of their front wing, those front wings on the cars. Uh, they want to take that air and cleanly push it from those front wings and then push them under the cars into these Venturi tunnels. And the way, if you look like it's hard because the way that they uh, photograph the car, it does, it, it looks as though the, the, the actual suspension um, the the pole rod, um, it looks as though it's interfering, but if you were to look head on, it really does create this perfect gap where there will just be this beautiful, clean air that doesn't have to pass through any suspension work uh, in order to get underneath those cars. Uh, and then they did the same thing in the back where they've inverted the suspension setup, and now they have uh, more room to create a bigger diffuser or to manipulate the diffuser. Cause that's not locked. That's that design is not locked. They can mm-hmm. go in and change what these uh, Venturi tunnels change the way that the air is channeled underneath the cars. But the idea is to get the cleanest possible access, the cleanest airflow. And I think McLaren may have nailed it with this. I, uh, it may be completely wrong, um, because there may be weird turbulence and weird air that comes off of other vehicles. And if they're in the middle of the pack, that's a whole other kettle of fish, right? But they may have nailed this. They may have the cleanest airflow. And if they have, that could mean they're going to be in the top three, uh, truly. Um, that's, that's, that's now a possibility. Um, but if they got it wrong, oh boy, if they got it wrong, they've kind of completely screwed themselves uh, for at least this year. So, so, so I think that's a good, that's a good point. And I, I, the sense that I'm getting is that our set of rule changes are, are so drastic mm-hmm. that we could see the, the deck completely reshuffled. Yeah. There's also the formula is allowing it. It seems as though it's allowing for more variation than it has in the past from Absolutely. team to team. And I think that's going to make a, a chance that there's some surprising innovation, but also there may be some bigger gaps from one team yeah. to the next. And I, I hope it also means that the idea of innovation is something that just continues throughout the season and and everybody's just on a perpetual scramble to to update their their setups and stay in in whatever the style is that'll be determined race weekend to race weekend right everyone will look yeah. at the leaders and will adapt to to follow uh whatever's working the best for for everybody else um before yeah. we move off of mclaren uh mm-hmm. scale of one to ten mm. How how real is the car that they revealed? How much is the car showing off any of their potential innovations? And how much is it a 
dummy mannequin that Damn. is in almost no way representative of the car that will show up when they're when they're testing and when they when they hit the first race. Wow. Okay. So this is I was not ready for this. Um uh <laughs> let's see. <laughs> uh a scale of one to ten, ten being the most true, the most uh will be the most consistent you, from you can field. only you can only guess we we have yeah, no way yeah. of knowing knowing for sure but it's not unusual for there to be some sort of like gamesmanship yeah. when these cars are being revealed um there's also in and and i think there's some cases in where it's you know more obvious than others yeah yeah uh, so what's your what's your say- gut What's your gut feeling? I'm leaning. Uh, I'd say with McLaren, we're looking at like a six, um, like a six out of ten, as far as like the genuine article. Um, with uh, with with ten being um, uh, our next. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just immediately thro- thro- throwing that out there. I think that the next uh, release was the most genuine. I think that's the standard for 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 everyone else to kind of live up to. Uh, but I. And then Red Bull being just like a show car. I mean, Red Bull was a show car. Um, uh, that was Red, Red Bull was a zero. They trotted see, out yeah, the, the yeah, mannequin. That, it and, didn't even uh, register on the scale. Yeah, it's lit- yeah, it's like Old Navy pulled out the mannequin and didn't even put any clothes on it. Like it's like, what are you selling? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I'd say that they were like a six. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so McLaren is uh, McLaren's like some uh, Hugo Boss. Yeah, Aston Martin is uh, Versace, and Red Bull is cargo shorts. That's what yes. you're saying. Red Bull is like Costco <laughs> brand cargo shorts, like not even like Old Navy, but they like are, not they even. are tube socks that you buy yeah. at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. mostly made yeah, yeah. of recycled cardboard. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, so, so let's let, the Red Bull car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's um, let let's let's jump into uh, the the one that you're you're claiming is a ten of 10 the aston martin yeah the aston martin looked like the genuine article i mean just the the, there were so few matte parts on the car uh which is that's kind of what i'm basing it off of is mclaren when they released theirs there were several parts of the car where it was like oh that looks unfinished uh if you see a part of a car that looks unfinished when they're releasing it's because they don't want you to know they finished that part they just don't want you to see it uh and i saw no parts of the Aston Martin that seemed matte or seemed unfinished. It looked like the genuine article. Uh, just, uh, just a gorgeous it, looking it car. Did, yeah, it didn't just My look God. authentic, and it didn't just look like it was featuring innovations, but it did have a a, a va va voom oh, to it. Tr- it's, truly, it's uh, the the particularly um, just above the the side pod. Uh, uh, this bulge that's that's coming out uh from the i'm not even sure the the name of that section that that is you know the the intake uh carrying back from behind mm-hmm. the driver's head uh into into the engine but just the way that that area is like vacuum sealed yeah. around the power unit uh looked in, looked incredible and i'll be quite honest i'm usually not aesthetically taken with these cars i see yeah, them me- as instruments of of function where all aesthetics go out the window. And um, I, I wonder, you know, how much that plays into the balance. And for those reasons, it almost makes me say, 
this is not a 10 this is an eight because yeah. there there may be some you know maybe this was the way to best reveal the car and that there may be some conceits that are made to to make it more competitive um but yeah uh, really really striking uh any any particular features that stood out to you Corey? Um, just the, the fact that it was shorter, uh, they, they did a side by side comparison. So Aston Martin was released, uh, the day before the McLaren and they ended up doing like a side by side comparison or uh, an overhead by overhead comparison. And the Aston Martin is significantly, uh, shorter than the McLaren. Like, and by that, I mean the, the nose cone section is shorter the the actual wing um the front wing itself because it kind of has this like this weird like channeling effect it's like literally shorter than the mclaren wing the the mclaren wing is like swept to the front the uh the aston martin is swept back uh in the middle right underneath the nose cone uh and then the actual floor itself looks as though it is just like stouter and more more functional like it is not a that's the thing too is like you mentioned like aesthetically you you you're rarely looking at these cars as like oh that's like a good looking car but this is kind of that thing where they built the car to follow the function and somehow the form itself is beautiful that that function produced i mean just the the way that that car looks from the front angle just the those the the angles that they had in the renders and the digital renders and then the actual camera angles were gorgeous um the, i'd say just the way that the the floor itself uh at the at the front of the floor it's like much shorter and much seems like it's much um doesn't have as much of an overhang as that uh as the mclaren does or even as the haas certainly as the red bull but again who knows but just that thing is gorgeous and oh baby those gills those gills that's Mm -hmm. i mean i know that that's a function thing that's one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen on an f1 car just that those louvered gills and i can't believe i'm saying this like louvered gills uh like i'm like oh i love the louvers you show me louvers on any other car i'm like get the out of here those look stupid (laughs) um but this is so cool and literally the fact that they are potentially going to use that as a way to alleviate any of the cooling issues that they might have with that like very hot running mercedes power unit under there it's just such a smart like oh it's such a smart way of addressing that issue and i I love that i i hope that when they're in monza they use the gills just to grate a nice fine aged pecorino cheese right across those gills just rub that cheese back and forth and just get some nice (laughs) you know just have some mongers out like instead of the pit boards they're like holding giant wheels uh, of Mm -hmm. cheese absolutely yep absolutely Um, uh, yeah. What what about that livery though? What do you what are your thoughts on this 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 upgraded livery? Upgraded. I'm putting in quotes because it's just a different. You know. Uh, you know. I I think the livery looks nice. I think it's always cool that as the as the team is pivoted to be you know more and more Aston Martin centric mm-hmm. that they use this this deep green. I think probably the the actual quality of the paint and how like deep and rich this paint must be yeah. is probably lost on the fact that it's on such a complicated surface and yeah. then has, you know, sponsor stickers all over it. I would love nothing more than to see this car 
without a single decal on it and just that green paint with the minimal yellow, uh, you know, shock yellow yeah. stripes running across it. Uh, I, well, I, they- I do think it's. Did you did you see did you see the the I mean I'm uh, I'm not I know that you probably didn't stick around for the whole land stroll um <laughs> thing um but they they did he did reference the Valkyrie which was like right behind yeah. him as well yeah, yeah. Uh, and they didn't I don't think that they've used the same exact paint but it does have that similar iridescent rich deepness that it looked as though the the new F1 car has as well. Um, Not that any of us will ever see that Valkyrie in real life. (laughs) Um, If you do, God bless. Yeah. uh, And interesting that I think uh, Aston Martin, when they revealed this car, they also had, it was almost like the McLaren setup, except instead Mm -hmm. in, in Shaq's bed, they had the the formula one car and a couple street cars in there. There's the Valkyrie. And I I forget which the other one is. It's very similar to the Valkyrie, but um, it's fun to see the parallels there. Yeah. And, and uh, kudos to, to them for putting out some, really extreme formula one inspired street cars yes. as well and they I'm, had the I'm suv the suv was was uh on the other side um as well uh, i hope uh, they put a f- paper bag over that thing uh I mean, it thing really is, is that was kind of the one thing where i was like oh if they're going to be f1 inspired with their design maybe give that thing a redesign and they did not it just looks like a big bloated db9 I, I, that's it i yeah. will say the the Aston Martin streetcar design, um, I think is, I think they're fine. I think they're on par with the modern, you know, sports cars and supercars of the era. Really? But the previous generation, what they had from, you know, 1998 to about 2012 or whatnot, those cars were timeless. They were dropped and gorgeous. They were worthy of whichever generation of James Bond you want to be in. And I think exactly. it's a shame that they that they went for stuff that's a little more like extreme and and kind of flashy. It uh yeah. the the previous style was was pure Aston Martin. Uh almost completely irrelevant to Formula One cars, which, you know, again have have very right. little aesthetic intense. But yeah, this car looks this car looks mean. Looks really cool, uh, yeah. and I'm um, I'm excited to see it out on track. And I and I hope it's also something that's boiling up some of the other teams to to sort of say like, oh, geez, we should, I kind of wish our kind of wish our car could this could is kind of flex. So cool about this is like it, it, with these with these four you know uh, releases that we've had, it really. Everyone was like, oh, these people kept using the term prescriptive, right? The new regulations are prescriptive. You're only going to be able to design within this box. And you've got air flowing over in one direction, which means there's really only a few ways you can go to make this thing look the right way uh, in order to to, to function as a, a proper F1 car in traffic or out in the lead in clean air. So people were like, they're going to all look the same. That is not true at all. The four cars that have been uh, three three plus cars that have been released truly all look unique. They all have a very different look. Even the Haas car, which is more digital render and a livery release than anything, that car looked different than the Red Bull 
right? And the Red Bull is just a show car. Um, uh, with oh boy, we just talk about the Red Bull. Let's jump right into the Red Bull here. So yeah, so 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 yeah, the, the Red Bull. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, so let me. Sorry, I just want to just to cap off the Aston Martin. Not a ton <laughs> of like like um new technical upgrades or or anything too like technical that was different, especially with like suspension or anything like that. So that's why we're not gonna jump into talking about that. There's no real reason to. Um, but let's talk about the Red Bull here. So, so I want to preface the Red Bull by describing that for the last like year or so, Formula mm-hmm. One has been touting their own sort of model or prototype or blank mannequin of the car of 2022 and, and showing how it represents um, what what the cars in the sport will be become um which is it's interesting when i saw it, it it you could tell that there was almost a aesthetic intent to include certain like swoops and curves mm-hmm. into the form more than we traditionally see which is you know again i hate to keep beating a dead horse but these cars are not designed to look cool they're no. designed to at all costs efficiently use every square millimeter of the surface of the car to channel air across it in ways that are advantageous for the teams and and there's there's otherwise no no conceit to to aesthetics and so you saw this car that had these very swooping and curving forms and to me it it did it didn't even register like i just sort of like saw it and immediately discounted it as like okay mm-hmm. this is a this is a pipe dream you know blank mannequin prototype yeah and my, my impression was the red bull was that car with spray paint and stickers yeah pretty much yeah um all right moving on Uh, yeah yeah i mean i i just uh, i have to assume that that is i i and we're we've we've already said who we're fans of so uh and and i've already talked about christian horner um and i'll continue to talk about him and uh about uh helmet and um to a lesser extent uh newey because he's just a brilliant designer and i have no issues with him but uh they're so they're trying to be so much cooler than they need to be like red bull calm down uh you what are you you releasing a car like no one believes that that is what the car is going to look you're not being tricky you releasing your car being like one of the first to be released that didn't spook Mercedes, that didn't spook Ferrari, that didn't spook McLaren, it didn't spook Aston Martin, it didn't spook anybody. All it did was just make you look as though you are trying to be self-important. Um, like you're like literally a commenter who's like first, and it's like no, that's not a no one cares. Like that's a thirteen-year-old boy mentality. Uh, sorry. Um, so yeah, I, it, I just it was an extravagant production of of a reveal. Spare no expense. True. It mirrored uh, the Super Bowl that we just watched. In that, uh, exactly like Fifty Cent, Adrian Newey dropped down <laughs> upside down from the ceiling <laughs> to show that he had just to show that he could do it. He designed the entire car last season while hanging upside down, or hanging upside down, uh, yeah. because that's that's the way his alien brain operates uh, best. And not uh, to mention bro- the livery itself. Folks, Red Bull this past year, they revealed a beautiful, beautiful tribute livery to Honda when they were supposed to be at the Japanese Mm -hmm. Grand Prix. That livery Mm -hmm. was 
gorgeous. I mean, as someone who is not a Red Bull fan, I reluctantly was like, I love that car. I would love to see just the camera on that car, just following it around all weekend long. And they did that. And now we're never going to get to see that livery again. Like there's not at 300 races, they're probably not going to reveal that livery again. They're probably just going to keep the same livery. Wow. Folks, uh, I live in Koreatown. Loud cars ripping by all the time. Uh, hope the mic picked that one up. Uh, it sounded like someone with no exhaust on it. Um, uh, uh, so they just revealed the same livery that they've had for the past 10 years straight. And even beyond that, like they changed it 10 years ago slightly. I think they made the bull a little bit bigger. <laughs> but like other than that, they haven't changed anything it's uh, so it so i think un- unquestionably so and for red bull and you know i think just for them they were they were saying like hey we don't need to show off any interesting details or nuances because the biggest news of our car reveal is that max's car will across the nose of it have oh that's right folks the number 1 Oh my God! So, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, years back, the cars were uh, numbered based mm-hmm. on, um, you know, finish order, yeah, and the so the numbers were shifting and changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the numbers were kind of like shuffling around, and then a few years back, they realized like we should kind of do the the NASCAR thing and leverage numbers as part of the branding. Uh, but was they that in like did the nineties. When was that? Because I no, I, no, I, that that shift happened recently. That was in like oh really? It was like twenty. Yeah, I want to say it was like twenty seventeen or oh or something wow, like that, that recently. Okay, um, yeah, it was okay. it was not that long ago. And so the uh, the number. Um, or sorry, it wasn't maybe the numbers weren't mandatory, but you had the option to, or you would basically be reserved the number uh, right. based on your your previous season's finish. But like, you know, uh Lewis Hamilton always 44 and uh Botas 77 and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um so uh Vettel had held on to number one and Max Verstappen had, you know, midway through the season, someone had asked him, Hey, would you take number one? He said, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, just because yeah. you can. And I and I don't fault him at all. I think that's no, 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 no. I think no, that's no. awesome. Not, that's... I mean, I'm I'm salty, I'm salty as hell about the way last season ended, but uh that's that's all that's all cool. So yeah, he's number one in the world. He absolutely has the right to rock a number one. He has the title he yeah yeah absolutely so i couldn't help but notice that the the number one that's mm-hmm. on the front of his car it's a little strange looking as a number one um, so? number one is you know uh and 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 bear with me i i fancy myself a a bit of a a, a graphic design enthusiast you might say or i'm fond of uh yeah. fonts yeah. or or typography and and letter forms and whatnot and i couldn't help but notice that the one that is on the front of that car <laughs> is not just like a bold one a one is basically mm-hmm. a one is a a line going up and down yeah. a single stroke of the pen going right. up and down possibly with a a angled flourish on the on the top of it right which are uh, serifs you may have heard of these uh yeah they're they're <laughs> serifs this is yeah um yeah 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 this this one 
is unproportionately wide to the point where it's like it's almost becoming a box and i have to i'm i'm certain that the front of the car has a certain amount of vertical height mm-hmm. available to put the number on the car yeah. and if the number was going to be like 22 or something like that you would put the you know number two and the number two next to it and you'd make it as big as you could so it was as big and, and visible as possible and i guarantee you i am a thousand percent certain <laughs> that they placed a number one on that car and they were like look at this there's like four inches on either side of it that are completely unused make the number one bolder and Uh, and the you know the designer was like all right well let me see the font has a bolder weight and you set it to bold and they went back to review no 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 make it bolder still well, some fonts have extra bold or, mm-hmm. or weights called heavy or black or, or mm-hmm. whatnot. And they definitely maxed that out and still were told bolder still. Yeah, it needs to be bigger. Keep going. Bolder. It needs yeah. to be bigger. Make yeah. that. That is my one. I want mm-hmm. my one to be. And so I think the one has gone so far to the point where it's barely recognizable as a as a numeral and is slowly just turning into a a, a giant fat piece of geometry on oh, the on when, the front of the car when the car was released that was my i was like oh wow did they like is it checo's car or is it max's car and i was trying to f- like look closely to be like oh i could easily tell because Max took the number one this year. Uh, I, I don't remember what Checo's number is, but I was like, oh, Max has got the, the, the number one. It'll be easy to see that. And I looked over that specific part of the car because I know that's where the numbers go. Uh, and I looked over it probably four or five times. And I could not figure out that I was looking at the number one because it just looked like a blob. Uh, and then eventually in an analysis, someone was like, yeah, the number one's there. And I was like, oh. And I looked at a like thumbnail. <laughs> And was like, oh yeah, now I can see that it's a number one because like the the rest of the image is slightly like blurry and out of focus. So this thing just overwhelms the whole image now. So yeah, um, that's the biggest the biggest reveal that Max had. Sorry, a lot, um, of, lot, lot of work went into stretching that one as yeah. far as it could go. If they stretched that one any any farther, it would tear in half and turn into an eleven. I also it would, uh, like it just I like I like Max. I think that he's like a, a a good kid. I think that he has like uh despite who his father is, has like grown up to be a, an exceptional young man and a racing driver and like doesn't seem to be that like macho I do what I want, big swinging uh she that Yoss has. That's just who he is, right? Um <laughs> So I would like to think, like, I'm imagining that Max was like, guys, I don't care how big the number one is. I don't even really want the number one. But, like, Christian and Yoss and Helmet were like, no, Max, you're number one. You have to tell the world. And he's like, I won the world championship. I don't need. I think everyone's actually still talking about it a lot that I won it. So, like, maybe we just let that speak for itself and maybe get the car on track. And I just, like, show what I've got. And they were like, no, 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 no. We've got a month of letting the world remember who you are. Uh, yeah, it just feels feels kind of gross. Feels kind of gross. I uh, I, I don't blame I love, Max. Uh, I don't blame him. You just you just painted a picture in my mind of this sort of like <laughs> you know 
<laughs> this father's disappointment over the thickness of his son's one. <laughs> and I think that just yeah, I think that just says it says that's it all. It. Yep. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's let's move on um, into our uh, our final segment here, um, which is uh, to to talk about uh, what do we got coming up here? We've got the Miami race uh, is is well on the way. This is definitely something that uh, I'm excited about. Um, it's going to be the Formula One Crypto.com Miami Grand Prix, and uh, <laughs> Oh, wow, of course it is. Um, yeah, you're not yeah, sick absolutely. of crypto yet. You will be soon. Corey, do you dabble in crypto? I mean, I've got like, I bought stuff forever ago and I don't even really pay attention to it. Um, yeah, it's fine. Uh, I also know it's I just like, I just hope that, yeah, this, this year's Constructors Championship will be paid out to the teams in Jitcoin. God, I, oh, I want that you so know, bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can only imagine that like Red Bull will be coming out with its own NFTs with its or own cryptocurrency <laughs> if it hasn't already. Um, I, w- I would I would buy like Nui coin. I'm trying to think of what other like you yes. know yeah Nui coin. What, what I if if they res- if they released uh, a crypto coin with the currency's name being Helmet, I would buy some helmets. Mm-hmm. I would buy some yep. helmets. Yeah, um, I would like the the wildly unpredictable uh, Mazepin <laughs> coin. Yes, as uh, you know, super volatile, super yeah. unpredictable. Just uh, the most you know. decentralized currency in the world. Um, it spikes. It spikes every so often, but only because everybody you know decides to you know vote it for prom king as a mm-hmm. joke and. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, spin to a to the moon. I think is what. Uh, yes, yeah. Mazaspin uh, to the moon. <laughs> uh, spin the moon. Uh, yeah, that's what it'll be trending as. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for the Miami Grand Prix. I don't have tickets for it. It sold out very quickly. Um, uh, I hopefully there will be some tickets released that uh, I will get my hands on. Uh, I've got uh, I've I've got a hankering to go see some some Grand Prix action down there. Um, I was down there over the winter break. I talked to some folks at the venue, and they were just fully engulfed, just completely and totally wild uh, with with busyness. Uh, I was literally trying to speak to a representative, and they were like, "I'm so sorry, sir. We there's no one who's available to speak with you." Um, uh, like I tried to get involved with like guest services and tried to get myself a little uh sneaky tour and they were like we literally are we're working 20 hours a day so there is no time or space for a tour um so hopefully it'll be done by the time it the race happens in may uh which i think it will be um but what do you why do you think miami why do you think that they are are having this race in Miami? I, I think it's because Miami's a scene, and there's mm-hmm. enormous amounts of capital there, and and yeah. obviously, you know, that's what the that's what the sport runs on. We've said it before, and so there's no no downside for the sport to go anywhere that is a hub for the wealthy and and the elite. And as like gross as that is as a side of Formula One, 
I'm super excited to have another race in the US. I'm excited to have a race that's in a very distinct and like exciting part yeah. of the country. I'm yeah. not uh there's there's also been Miami has been gaining a lot of popularity in the last year or so, especially during the pandemic. A lot of folks in the uh tech community have been uh, blazing a trail from San Francisco straight to Miami. And it's become yeah. sort of a, a little bit of like a innovation hotbed. I do think a lot of that is just due to the, the, you know, crazy spiraling coin economy yep. and, uh, and, yep. and whatnot. Um, and the fact that no one can touch your stuff if you buy it in Florida. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. It feels like the perfect place for F1 to be like, yeah, the, I like this. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's, I, I think it's awesome for the race to be there. It's, a mm-hmm. uh, an exciting place to visit. As yeah. many people attending the race, you know, I, I don't know how the numbers break down, but I would expect that you've got to have at least half to two thirds of your in-person audience getting a plane to go there. And yeah. Miami's an incredible city to experience, multifaceted, incredible art scene, incredible everything scene, incredible, like over the yeah. top, like everything you've seen on television is what miami is like to to some extent and you can you can find it there yeah Uh, and if that's if that's part of your appetite you will not be disappointed oh yeah it will be i mean if we're talking like billion dollar like yacht culture um that is it exists in miami it is very it is strong and it is getting stronger uh, yeah, I've, I've never, I had like never seen a Veyron in person mm-hmm. in my life. And, uh, in one night on Miami beach, I saw like a Veyron drive by. And then that guy driving the Veyron feel deeply insecure as like a, a, a Chiron drove past him. Oh, of and, course. and, uh, and you know, I mean, what a loser. Oh, when, uh, <laughs> when I, when I was, um, uh, down there this Christmas and New Year's, uh, I saw a LaFerrari, and yeah, that's a really, really incredible car to see all by itself. Uh, but the the thing that really blew my mind was they had done custom body work to the back of a car that you're not supposed to touch or do anything to. There was a custom body kit that had been uh, fabricated for a LaFerrari. Uh I, like it broke my brain. Um, I was like, that can't, no, wait, there's only one car that looks like that from the back, but it's not, it's not supposed to look like that. It, it blew my mind. Uh, I wish I got pictures of it, but I didn't. Um, cause I was, I, I love, I love the, the, the lengths to which Ferrari goes through to make it so difficult. Even if you had a billion dollars, Ferrari no. will make it unbelievably difficult for you to acquire a La Ferrari and will say like, well, you need to at least, uh, own eight of our other vehicles and, you know, and, and, and help subsidize our limited release. Like it is, you can't yeah. get one of those cars and then, and then somebody gets one of those and, and puts, you know, pep boys, yeah, uh, chops body the back and does whatever they it. want to it. It, blew, <laughs> it and the, it was a, it was a, it was a, a matte gray paint job. I was like, what do you, what, what uh, or matte silver, I should say. Anyways, um, Enzo, Enzo Ferrari spins in his grave at a speed that actually sends him drilling towards yeah, the center of the earth. Yeah, yeah, um, it's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, creating, uh, uh, yeah, creating a, an epic uh, disaster. Um, so. 
so so in short, Miami, I think it's super exciting. I uh, I hope to I, I'd love to attend this year. I don't know if it's in the cards. Um, I, I would particularly love to attend like this year or two after they've like yes. ironed out the, yes. the kinks and, and whatnot. Uh, but uh, definitely very excited to have it as part of the schedule. And I hope it also warms up an appetite for these other sort of uh, United States metropolitan races. There was, I was so disappointed. I'm like 15 miles north of where would have been the like Weehawken, yeah. New Jersey <laughs> Grand Prix. The Palisades um, Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah the, the was... Palisades Cliff. I mean, it would have actually been really epic and it would have been <sighs> yeah. cool because you would have downtown Manhattan. Uh, literally a stone's throw from from the track um so i i I still keep my fingers crossed for something along those lines but we'll see you know las vegas um any any number of other options are still on the cards yeah um well john uh i feel like we've uh we've we've done a nice little job here covering um the the f1 the state of f1 here in the united states this week uh not a whole lot to talk about but hey we filled uh, an hour um uh where can folks Ooh. find you uh online uh hit me up uh johnny motion on twitter uh is where i'm most active uh drop me a line there anytime yeah and uh i am burn cory burn on twitter and uh instagram uh that is where uh, i am very active and we also have a twitter account for the show called the f1 files uh so feel free to reach out to us there um we will also be reaching out to you hey i had a nice little exchange with uh, uh mr craig scarborough himself um uh via uh, that Twitter handle uh, where he <laughs> cheekily sent me uh, pictures when I was like, oh, I can't wait to get a look at the floors and the Venturi tunnels. And then he sent me a picture uh, or not sent, but posted a picture in the replies of like an overhead view of what the F1 floors look like. And I was like, nah, you got me, Craig, you cheeky Brit. Um all right, folks. Uh, so, yeah, feel free to reach out to us uh, on, on social media. We'll engage with you and talk uh, talk shop uh, about F1 with you. Um, but, uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up for us this week. And we will catch you next week on the F1 Files. Yeah.